This was a lofty chamber, lined and littered with countless bottles. Broad, low tables were scattered about, which bristled with retorts, test tubes and little Bunsen lamps with their blue flickering flames. There was only one student in the room, who was bending over a distant table, absorbed in his work. You are listening to the second in a four-part series, Blood, Life Uncut, by Science Gallery London, part of King's College London. At the sound of our steps, he glanced round and sprang to his feet with a cry of pleasure. I found it! I found it! He shouted to my companion, running towards us with a test tube in his hand. I have found a reagent which is precipitated by haemoglobin and by nothing else. Had he discovered a gold mine, greater delight could not have shone upon his features. You just witnessed Sherlock Holmes's first appearance in crime fiction, in Arthur Conan Doyle's 1887 novel A Study in Scarlet. Characteristically ahead of the game, Holmes enters crime fiction demonstrating a chemical method for scientifically proving whether an old stain is blood, mud or anything else. At the time, an unimaginable feat. I'm Jessie. I'm Femi, and over the next three weeks, we're here on Resonance FM, Tuesdays at 4.30 and Saturdays at 6.30pm. We're going to be exploring the lives and works of artists, scientists, activists, and people who have brought the Science Gallery London exhibition, Blood, Life Uncut, to life. And this week, we're asking, who done it? Or, how does forensic science help us to determine who done it? And, what was the artist doing in the forensic lab? Crime o'clock. Crime <laughs> Hello, my name is B Haynes and I'm a visual artist. And for the Science Gallery Blood season, I'll be exhibiting an installation called Acid Yellow 7. Acid Yellow 7, I first came into contact with Acid Yellow 7 when I did a residency in a forensic lab in Dundee at the University of Abertay. B's new commission for the blood season is being developed in collaboration with James Gooch and Nanda Francioni of the King's College London Forensics Department. It's basically a kind of forensic dye that you can apply to blood and under a certain wavelength of light it makes the blood fluoresce, this kind of really bright acid yellow colour, funnily enough. Um, So it's basically a way of allowing forensic uh, scientists to better visualise prints in blood. So why would an artist be interested in acid yellow seven? A lot of forensics is based on traces and because my background is in printmaking, um, I see print as very much as a trace, you know, at the point of contact one object with another object. And often in forensics, that's what you're looking into. So is Acid Yellow 7 still being used? Acid Yellow 7 is actually probably quite um, old uh, technology for in forensics now. It's still being used, but it was, you know, it's probably... It would pro- probably be one of those things where it slowly phases out as, as other dyes and other technology comes in. Probably stuff that James and Nandra are working on at this very moment, yeah. So our research is about developing a spray that can not only locate where a particular body fluid might be on a piece of evidence, but will also light up a different colour depending on what kind of body fluid it is. 
in some crimes it's actually very difficult to find these body fluid traces but they're really really useful because they can uh, tell you a little bit sort of about the crime so what sort of offenses might have occurred if you find locate blood it can tell you that it's like a physical offense semen that it's like a sexual assault something like that often at crime scenes somebody has tried to wash or clean away the evidence scene of crime officers have to look for minute biological traces because of the difficulty in finding these traces forensic scientists have started to develop and use forensic technologies that can be sprayed sprays can more easily be applied to different kinds of surfaces and quickly cover large areas at the moment, they do have some spray reagents that they use to detect body fluids. So a very famous one is something like luminol, which is a very basic sort of chemical reaction and causes light to be produced uh, when a molecule within luminol interacts with blood. The innovation of the new spray technology that King's Forensics Department are currently working on is that the reagents, which detect the biological traces, are biosensors rather than chemicals. This is an important development because the chemical reactions that take place in sprays such as luminol aren't as specific. Luminol has been known to react with sources that aren't blood, such as broccoli. We use molecules that are known as biosensors. So what these are are small, uh, classes of molecules which contain a biological uh, interaction sort of component so this could be something like an antibody or an enzyme or certain stretches of DNA and then another component that can turn interactions uh, with that biological piece into something that the human eye can see so the production of light or the production of electricity something like that now why they're kind of better is those biological interactions are very very specific so unlike these chemical reactions like the ones they use in luminol these ones will only give a positive result if a body fluid is there it won't cross react with any non-fluid substance Blood is far and away the most commonly encountered body fluid at a crime scene. Why, man, it is the most practical medico-legal discovery for years. Don't you see that it gives us an infallible test for bloodstains? Exclaims Holmes in Conan Doyle's novel. Our project was actually born as a result of an, an initiative by the Met Police out of the uh, Stephen Lawrence case. Stephen Lawrence, a young black teenager, was murdered in a racially motivated stabbing in Elton, London in 1993. No witnesses came forward, and though the police were left an anonymous tip-off on a post-it note, the suspects were acquitted after a trial because the police didn't have enough evidence. A combination of pressure from Stephen Lawrence's family and allegations of police racism resulted in the reopening of the case. A minute blood flake on one of the suspect's clothing was brought forward as new evidence and led to the convictions of two of the original suspects in 2012. Because of that, the Metropolitan Police came to us as their sort of research partners and asked, is there a better way that maybe we could find blood at crime scenes or on items so that missed evidence and miscarriages of justice don't happen in the future? I think it's a very distinct possibility that uh, lots of these cases will come forward in the future where new forensic technology enables sort of new things to be considered. We knew that blood spatter was going to play a role in the installation that B was creating as part of the blood season. 
she had been busy in the lab, recreating blood spatter and imagining narratives that might go with it. But what was the difference between the narratives B was uncovering and those that a forensic scientist might construct from the traces left at a crime scene, which could be used as evidence in a court of law? Um, so we have blood pattern analysts in the UK who can look at maybe the distribution or the shape or the morphology of the blood stains and they could say, okay, maybe this originated from a punk punching action or a, a kicking action. Well, blood, blood spatter is, a, is a, an art all by itself. You can't do blood spatter or blood patterns on blood that's been washed out. So this is just blood that you can see, that we can all see, and it's all over a wall, or there might be a tiny little drop that's somewhere or other. So a blood pattern expert will say, ah, oh, look, you can tell that it's been travelling from this angle. Yeah, so that could be cast off from the tip of a blade. That is a perfectly round... Satellites that have little spots of blood, like pebble in a pond. They've jumped out. So that's been dropped directly from above. Considering the size of the spot and the impact spatter around it with its satellites, probably this height, etc. So that's an area that they learn by learning just the physics and dynamics of blood as a little package. So I'm Tracy Alexander, I'm the Director of Forensic Services for the City of London Police. It all takes ages. It's really quite an intensive and long process and I've worked on crime scenes where I haven't looked at the body for three days. It's just lying on the floor because there's a lot, there's a lot else going on. If you have a, a residential premises, you can close the door and close the house. That's where you think that the crime scenes happen. But if your suspect isn't there, they are somewhere else. And every time they move or they interact with somebody, if they left that house and walked along the street and then dropped a knife down a drain and then took a jacket off and put it in a hedge and then got onto a bus and when they sat on the bus then they're transferring things from themselves to the bus seat, those things are being lost or being rained on or being washed away. So you need that captured first and the body's just you know it's there and it's fine and we'll sort it out in a sec but nothing bad's going to happen to it and you're not losing anything it's very very difficult to you know carry out a crime nowadays and not leave some kind of trace there um, you know whether it's um, you know a, a, a physical trace in terms of you know fingerprint footprint a tiny bit of hair you might have left behind um, you know or, or whether it's, you know, some kind of surveillance uh, left behind. And I, I suppose that's what all of my artwork is about, really, the human trace, our movement through the world, our movement through spaces and interact interactions with objects. Um, and, what that, and what those traces can tell us about, uh, you know, the human condition and human psychology, in a way, um, and habits. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting in a lab right now and the, the feeling is always very sterile, especially when you're dealing with objects from a crime scene. You know, you might be dealing with a little piece of fabric that has been loved by somebody, you know, worn by somebody throughout the years that's touched their skin. It's really personal. Um, yet, as, as a forensic scientist, you might have to, you know, cut that up you have to you, sometimes you have to put things in like a gas cupboard there's some you know some kind of violent things that you do to that object in trying to find the piece of evidence that you're trying to find and and that evidence takes precedent for obvious reasons and and it should do 
Um, but I think, yeah, it can be easy to forget the personal um, and emotional side of things. B's work is going to be part of the Becoming Blood Halloween Weekender on the 28th and 29th of October. She's creating an installation in the derelict Peckham House. What can we expect? It's very, very tempting to use the acid yellow to make um, a very traditional crime scene. I suppose I'm using the acid yellow in a much more free way. So there'll be kind of lots of little small triggers in there um, relating to uh, blood in culture and society and stuff as well. Yeah, so I guess the idea more for the installation is that people could be looking at a scene that they themselves have been in. So it's almost, it's almost, it's almost trying to put the viewer in that, in that scenario really so it's so it's tricky to but it's me you know I'm the one who's done it that was the second episode in a four-part radio series blood life uncut if you have something to add to our conversation about forensics we'd love to hear from you we're on facebook instagram and twitter at sci gallery lunch if you liked what you heard, there are more podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search Blood, Life Uncut. The exhibition and event programme with the same name is open in Peckham, Thursday 12th October until the 1st of November. See you there. Find details at london.sciencegallery.com forward slash blood. Next week, we're asking questions about the future of the blood supply. We'll meet blood porter Richard... Christine, who is an umbilical cord collector, and Mark Turner, the scientist trying to create an endless supply of blood. This was brought to you by Science Gallery London, a new space where art and science collide, opening at London Bridge in 2018. We're a member of the Global Science Gallery Network and part of King's College London. Thanks for listening. Blood, 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 blood.